What's going on, everybody? I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Spring Legion Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Ferrier, alongside co-host Austin Seals again. This week uh, is a very good episode, one of which we have looked forward to for uh, some time now. And uh, going to be a conversation, kind of a long time coming, worth having. So I uh, guess today's Dave Owens with the Penhody Project, a very familiar name around the, uh, the turkey hunting industry and those who follow him know him well. And kind of know where he stands on a lot of stuff when it comes to turkey hunting. And um, knows that he is dang good at it. So uh, we dive into a, a few different topics. And, and some of which that I think were, like I said, just conversations needed to be had about a few things in the turkey hunting world. And um, and this was this was honestly probably at the top of one of my favorite podcast episodes we've done yet. Just uh, the chance to, to hear kind of his headspace as far as turkey hunting goes and, and what he knows it to be and a lot of good points seals uh hate you weren't here to to uh to listen in on the conversation and chime in but i'll tell you right now it was a it's um it's a, it's a good one folks so hope y'all tune in listen to the whole thing uh, we go into uh the early days of penhody and kind of what it kind of started for and, and kind of the missions behind that and and the reasons why he felt you know kind of led to uh, produce something like that and get it out there and, and the ways he's using his platform now and and um, all the way to his story of his first turkey so i guess the one that started it all so got a lot of good stuff on the way we're gonna knock out a few updates real quick we uh we got a little surprise release we mentioned it i think last week we did get it it does look pretty dang good that being a, a new bottom land uh snapback kind of added it to the uh the collection of the mesh backs that we released a couple weeks ago and the first not original bottom land product I think we've ever had a Spring Legion yeah. logo on it. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Mm-mm. Yep, so we we decided to, and that was not necessarily requested. It was just something that we had never seen before was the the trucker-style snapback in a new bottom land pattern. We got a hold of them, got as many as we could, and um and threw the logo on it and wanted to get them in time before the uh, convention rolled around and wound up getting them a little early. So they're released on the website right now, the release Sunday. Y'all go check them out, springlegion.com. And um, that, we got a couple new decals, the Genesis 27 3D decal, kind of a revamped version of that. What else we got? We got a couple of different things. Box quality, those, those did really well. A lot of people... Jumped on that wagon, released a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Not Subject to Change 2022 t-shirt, got them out there. And um, one more pretty big announcement, Seals. You want to hit that? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, February 23rd, from 6 to 8, Hunter and I will be recording a live podcast, Q&A, giving some raffle stuff off with our buddies from Primo's uh, Lake and Jordan be at Rick's Cafe in Starville. Yep. And return back to Starville. A lot of good times were had at Rick's back yes, there was. several years ago. And uh, a lot of good times were had up in Starville in the Turkey Woods. So there will be a lot of stories revisited. I know Lake and I have kind of exchanged a few on their podcast from last year on the on the Speed to Language podcast. But I'm sure we'll dive back into them. And y'all have plenty more to throw in there. And looking forward to shaking hands with, with a lot of people and, and – 
getting to see what all's changed, what all stayed the same, and I don't know, might slip over and see if any turkeys are left. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a good time. Um, that and speaking of live podcast, we we got the podcast booth at the NWTF convention this year. So y'all swing by, and we're gonna have the merch booth. We're still constructing that ten by ten booth as efficiently as we possibly can. Um, but yeah, y'all swing by the podcast booth. We got a, a little bit of a lineup already kind of in stone on some guests we're going to kind of have hop in. Uh, I know I talked to uh, Adam with the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fishery, and Parks last night, uh, exchanging a few emails with him. And I think Dave and I actually mentioned him on you know later on in the phone call about people to reach out to you know in your state. And he's he's a good fella, a turkey hunter. You know, one of those who he understands. He's understands and cares exactly. Um, a smart dude too, like real smart. So, um, he's, uh, he's going to hop in. He's going really, he said he would love the opportunity just to, you know, ex- explain a bunch of questions that a lot of people, you know, just everyday turkey hunters don't get the chance to hear. And it's kind of one of those, he knows what they're wondering because he, he does hear it a lot. And he knows, you know, from the turkey hunter standpoint, this is what I would be wondering too. And so he's going to come in and just really, I don't know if he's just going to speak necessarily in Mississippi or he's going to speak, you know, kind of how stuff works overall. I have no idea, but that'll be a good one. Um, that's just the first one that came to mind. We'll have a lot more. But um, but we'll be live streaming that some way or another. So, But that's all I can I can think of as far as kind of updates, as many as we've piled in our mind these, uh, these past few weeks. Um, so we'll get into uh, today's conversation with Dave Owens of the Penhody Project. Y'all listen in. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Hey, man. How are you? Oh, dude, I can't complain too much. Living the dream. Heck, yeah. Really, thank you for, for taking the time to hop on an episode real quick. I know you're a busy man and just taking the time to to uh, bless us with some knowledge. I really do appreciate it, buddy. Hey, man, anytime. I hope I, I'm, I hope it's knowledge if you can call what I'm going to give somebody. I don't know. <laughs> some, we can um, have conversations for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what not to do. I promise you I got that down pat, I think. I heard that, and, and likewise, we'll uh, we'll just shoot the bull on a few things, and, and whatever comes about of it is, is what's meant to be. Um, but uh, for those that, that might not know, just uh, uh, in the realm of turkey hunting, kind of your motives on stepping out and creating something that uh, that really just introduces – real turkey hunting uh the good the bad the ugly all sides of it and and i do uh tip my cap to you for doing something that's not easy to do when it comes to uh to uh to stuff like that because i have given it a whirl and i'm not too great at it and uh got a whole new respect for folks like you that are able to uh to go out there and do that day in and day out and make it uh make it real to those uh to those watching yeah it's um <laughs> it's definitely even for someone who video turkeys a little bit before we kind of went down the path that we've taken um it's different when you hold the camera for i don't know a dozen days of spring just when it's convenient which is essentially what i was doing before the penhody project whenever you know things would be easy we were hunting Mm -hmm. something that was close or something like i said it was convenient to holding that camera for every single morning for you know and going at it as hard as we do it it was definitely even a wake-up call for me somewhat knowing what to expect um for folks that, <laughs> that don't know what to expect it, it would it would really be mind-blowing but um it's enjoyable seeing the finished product and some of the messages you get i mean just uh, introducing people to the sport and not as much that um because i don't know i mean 
I assume my content may uh, pique some interest of someone who had never been turkey hunting, but almost just showed people that did turkey hunt what else was out there, you know, how much uh, more in-depth they could go with the craft and uh, how much more enjoyment there was out there within reach. I mean, it was literally, you know, just just, just a minor bit of effort and you could really get so much more out of what you uh, were already learning to do in your backyard. So, um, yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, That's kind of what this whole thing started as. Well, I think it... It definitely gets that message across and, and, and gets it across very, very well, well put together. And, and that's kind of, a, I was actually, last week's episode, uh, we had our buddy David Hawley, Wild Turkey Report, hopped on and he mentioned, um, you know, kind of the, the past year or so, somebody had mentioned competition in the, in the realm of just, I guess, turkey hunting content. I don't know really what they were getting at between, you know, the, the different quote-unquote brands of, of content and just uh, providers of uh, turkey hunting something and we we, we both kind of laughed at it that there is no competition that, that we're all kind of in this together and and that like brands support like brands and and i like a a lot what you're doing and um and i know i was i was talking to him about the same and and um just supporting good turkey hunters and and this got their their mind in the right spot and um a lot of and i have gotten a handful of folks have asked me before you know, you need to start videoing and start putting it on YouTube and stuff, and that's you know that's that's how you're going to grow the brand, yada yada. And I'm thinking, man, I've tried it before, and it's pretty dang hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell him, I said, man, it's not needed because there's a guy out there by the name of Dave Owens who already does this, and he does it pretty dang good. And there's not much I can say that he's not out there showing himself. So, well, I appreciate that, and and that that whole uh, we kicked this thing off. You know, we did it. I guess we. The first year we filmed was 2018, and then that, the way that was structured was essentially video it and get home after season and plug away as fast as I could and get it out there. And Lord, I think I released content plumb through November mm-hmm. that year because I just put it all out there, you know. Um, obviously, that structure has kind of changed with the last several years um, to just, you know, have it available when folks are a little bit more interested because, the majority of folks don't think about turkey 365 days a year somehow. You know, we structure the content a little bit different now. But, yeah, getting back to like the quote-unquote competition between brands, I, I kind of laugh at that because um, <laughs> I just think it's so silly. I mean, yep. who are you competing against? What are you competing for, I guess, is my question. Who wins? Um, yeah, who wins? And how, how would you even know if you were the winner? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um there's no, there's none of that. And, 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 and I had one of the other brands, um, that kind of popped up and kind of reached out to me before he even, even kind of launched things and was like, Hey, love what you do. It's inspiring. We, I, I've, I've always filmed hunts. I'm going to do something very similar to what you do. I hope you don't, you know, I hope you're not, it doesn't, doesn't, you know, I hope it doesn't anger you, you know, kind of that kind of like kind of deal. And, um, Basically, the way I told him, I thought, look, man, the more the merrier. I mean, the more folks that we have out there with a pure message and respecting the game and presenting it in a way that's tasteful to folks who may not ever have turkey hunted or don't turkey hunt, um, more the merrier. You know, I don't think you can get enough because as long as you're not doing something that's distasteful and, and shedding, you know, casting shade on what we do and what we love to do, then I don't see any problem with it because 
because they watch my video doesn't mean they can't watch your video. Exactly. Because they buy my T-shirt doesn't mean they can't buy your hat. Like it's there's no, I do like originality for people to be authentic. Um, because everybody goes about things a little bit different, you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but as far as you know, being upset because somebody else comes out with a with a brand and, and does something similar to what I do, I mean, like I said, man, I just it it pushes. It pushes every, it pushes the envelope for everybody. You know, if I see somebody doing something I think creative, and it just pushes me not to kill more turkeys or to, you know, the, the object of this game was never to see how many turkeys you kill. Um, it's always been, I don't know, just putting it out there for the grind that we experienced and the reasons that we did it. Um, I've never been able to, you're a lot better with words than I am, obviously. You're an author, you're writing books and, and that kind of stuff. But I've just been able to, uh, to put a camera in my face and not be awkward so that some of those emotions and passions that I couldn't find the words for, people could watch. Exactly. And I'm hoping that that's kind of what hit home with folks. Well, I think you're very, that's very accurate right there on, putting a camera in your face and not being awkward and, and capturing what would be in words because I might be, I'm not going to say I'm great at words. I'm good at misspelling them. And hopefully uh, whoever's editing <laughs> them can, uh, can tell me the right form of there, there, and there. But at the same time, can't capture those uh, descriptions. So, uh, you know, just using your talents for good. And, and I know you got a lot of good coming out of your platforms and stuff. And But some of the, the things that kind of differentiate the mission behind yours is, is something that I think is much needed and much welcomed in the turkey hunt community, especially, uh, you know, I say us, I know there's a, more than just you and I that think about it 365 days a year, but, um, but the, the very concentrated niche of, of turkey hunters as we know them to be, they just really, you know, think about it near about every day. And if they don't, something's wrong, they must be sick or something. But what makes turkey hunting different to you? Um, I know that's a question I get asked a lot and, it's hard to find a right answer, but but there's a something separates turkey hunting from from the other types of uh, outdoor realms. The knee jerk response is always vocabulary that you get to carry on with the animal. Um, I like um, almost I love I love the interaction, mm-hmm. and that's what uh, deer hunting and that kind of stuff lacks for me. I don't get interaction. Um, you can read sign, and you can you know, kind of outthink them. But I, I still, even when I win at that game, I don't feel like I had the interaction like I do with turkeys. You know, I can strike a two-year-old turkey at 12.04 in the afternoon and kill him at 12.07, and I feel like I was able to, to create a bond almost. Like right. there was a, a, a an appreciation between he and I uh, amongst that interchange there. Um, I haven't been able to find anything else that kind of trips that trigger for me. And, I don't know what caused turkeys to do that. I, I, I've said it many times. I was always that kid that would hear something and be able to mimic the sound. I've always been, you know, the kid to sit on the back porch at the bird feeder and, and, and use my hands to do the morning dove and have them fly and land on the, the peak of the roof. Oh, like yeah. I've, I've been that guy. So um, just like hearing turkeys and wanting to mimic them and then try to strive for excellence at that craft and then moving that into, you know, I was lucky enough to have a father who was ate up with the outdoors, deer hunting primarily, and just had us outside and for some reason just got that thirst for wanting to be outside. And then it became, you know, um, spending countless hours outside alone, which 
we had this conversation. I was having this conversation with somebody just the other day about how um, unacceptable almost that is now. Uh, but it, just as a young kid with a pellet rifle wandering around for like hours, just on just wandering on land that we didn't have a clue who owned it. But our parents probably did. We didn't. You know, <laughs> we lived at the end of a cul-de-sac and was lucky enough to have ground to just go drag our feet around on and harass songbirds and squirrels and everything else. And then you just learn woodsmanship. You just learn um, the things that you can't buy. Right. And um, that is what I really enjoy about turkey hunting is just getting that everyday deal set seems to sharpen a little bit more no matter how many years you've done this. And I guess that can probably be said with any craft, but turkey hunting for some reason just speaks a little stronger to me, um, whether it be the craft conversation, the craft of reading the land, the craft of reading the sign, um, knowing what they're going to do before they do it. And um, I don't know, just like um, reading a turkey's gobble, right. like hearing the intensity or the frequency or just being able to almost hear uh, an animal who we don't know their dialogue. We don't know what he's saying. We don't know what she's saying, but just being able to hear it and just almost feel the emotion and communicate. And that only comes with a lot of experience in doing it. So right. all of those little bitty things um, kind of builds on that, on that turkey hunting um, attraction, I guess you can say. Oh yeah. And like, and I feel weird saying it, but I know that, you know, talking to, to folks who kind of quote unquote get it, that 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 sixth sense you kind of have. Obviously, none of us know exactly what a turkey's ever saying, whether it be a hen or a gobble. But but the the feeling you get and the some kind of you know I, I call it like a magnetic fixation towards something. It just you hear it and you think that's what this means, that's what that means, and it's um and 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 I don't know if I've ever dove into this on our podcast before, but a couple of my close buddies know it that. Back when I was younger, I think um, I'd say just like you you talking about scavenging around with a with a pellet rifle behind the house every now and then got me thinking about um, I used to every spring break you know I'd sit at the house and we lived on we had about twenty acres but it was you know not wooded or anything but around the the back fence uh, corner we had a little dist up area that we we'd shoot doves out of every uh, every fall and. And um, it's kind of behind the pond dam, at least enough where, you know, a kid can go back there and not see the houses. And to me, that was, you know, that was the woods for a little while. And um, yeah, I'd go back there with the, I'd, my dad would have, you know, just buckets of, of mouth calls, I felt like, in a, a little hunting closet he had. And I'd go grab one and go back there, put on camouflage and stuff in the spring, go sit by a tree, no gun, no nothing, and just, um, and I, I, in my mind, it was like, just go play with the turkeys. And I'd go back there and just call and call and try and, and then, you know, lo and behold, it, some some hens or some jakes or something will walk up, and I would just have, you know, hours just messing with them. I mean, I apologize to whoever did try to hunt those turkeys for that three years because I probably royally educated <laughs> them. <laughs> but it was just, you know, and it was I was there was no purpose in going back there. I wasn't trying to, you know, learn or practice or anything in a kid's mind. I was just having fun, and you know, it's just a, it's just, and 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 now it's almost it's one of those things that. I get just as excited to have a, a group of jays come around me, you know, just being peculiar. And, you know, I know they're, I mean, sometimes they're smart, but a lot of times they're up there just kind of checking things out and it looks like they're begging to, to get in trouble and, and just watching their, their mannerisms, <laughs> the hen's mannerisms, trying to mimic her cutting back at you and, 
and stuff like that. And I, I mean, that gets me more, not more excited, but that gets me just as excited as a, you know, a two year old firing up mid morning and knowing you're in a good spot for a, a good show to come. It's all part of the experience, man. It builds. It's just like, it's, 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 there's no one thing. Right. You know, if, if it's not, if you walked out every time and struck a gobbler and yelped him up and killed him, that wouldn't make the experience. You know, the experience encompasses every little thing. Um, and I don't want to get all spiritual here, but like you said, the interaction with the hens, bumping into Jake's every couple of days, um, having the owls, you know, calling in owls oh, in the yeah. morning, um, being tested by crows and aggravated because you can't hear because they won't leave you alone. Like yep. all of those little bitty things are just building blocks to build that whole that whole experience. And I don't think it's just the uncertainty of every 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 spring break. You know, every every time the day breaks during spring, there's just uncertainty there of how it's going to play out. Um, sure, there's similarities. That's all that experience that we're talking about, knowing what to do, when to do it, and how to say it, and and what you need to say all comes with experience. But um. But still, there's a bit of uncertainty every time the you know every time the the day breaks, and I think that's what you know draws us to to those interactions that we could potentially have every time the day breaks. You know, there's potential there to have a, have another interaction, learn something, or or you know whatever it may be. And you you hit on it a little bit earlier, just the uh, the intangibles, and and I know that's that can be really broad. Um, but but speaking of just a a guy that that don't need much to go out there and kill a turkey. Um, I know you got a couple of trophies in your back pocket for calling turkeys, but um, but when it comes to a, a bunch of stuff you buy in stores, uh, it, it's not as much. I'd say it's it's you do a good job of proving that it's not always needed. Um, just stress on the, the aspect of woodsmanship because that's something I try to preach just through whatever outlet I can, whether it be a, to an audience of two or 200 and, usually not much too more than that, but, um, but just, uh, yeah, just using woodsmanship and, and the fact that that's all that's needed. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you could buy experience, there's enough money out there now to where we probably wouldn't have any more turkeys. So luckily you can't, Right. but I'll try to hit on this without diving too far down into any type of rabbit hole, but, um, You're welcome. the main, and that was one of the main purposes that, you know, when we, decided to do this hope and hody project thing was we saw so many gimmicks and i don't know if gimmicks are right words i'm not saying they're not successful i'm not right. saying they don't wind up with with um with dead meat and blood i mean unfortunately that's what a lot of people define success as so i'm not saying when i say a gimmick i'm not saying that it's not going to put dead turkeys in front of you um i just what we wanted what we intended to do was just bring an approach that we felt was more fulfilling. Um, not saying that one person's way is right. One person's way is wrong. My biggest fear was, and I came what I felt like was from a unique perspective because I came up at the perfect time when I was learning to turkey hunt on my own. I didn't have any mentors. There wasn't anybody around to show me the people that handful of people that I did know that turkey hunted were real closed lips. They didn't offer much more than your fucking fur sounds good. And that, that was about all they ever told me. And I just kind of just, for some reason, was a determined kid that wanted to be a turkey hunter. Um, mm-hmm. And, man, I was spinning a web, and I just completely, a bird landed on the wind, the windowsill and just blew my mind. <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a Jack Russell Terrier when a squirrel runs across the yard. I mean, my mind was so Anyways, but what I was going to, I'll get back to what I was trying to say there, 
was I, I didn't want back to that unique perspective. Mm-hmm. I came up in a time where I had to, I, the woodsmanship came really early. Uh, the foundation came really early from chasing the squirrels and whatever we just mentioned. Um, it, it quickly dove into turkeys being the main fundamental uh, teacher in those woodsmanship skills and, and, and whatnot. And then I was exposed to, that was about the time the strutting decoys became a fad. Um, and the blinds became popular mm-hmm. and I dove right into it. Like I was impressionable. Like I was, I was still learning a lot. I was killing turkeys. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't too good to say, I'm not going to change my way, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I remember killing a turkey down in South Florida, coming back with the turkey with intentions on having the turkey mounted. We got back here for one reason or the other, the turkey got wet on the transport and the tape was no good for mounting so i took the turkey and made a completely taped the turkey out and essentially what i wound up with to cut this story a little bit short is to is, is a strutting decoy mm-hmm. with with real feathers um it was basically a b-mobile before b-mobile was b-mobile yep. so um jesus is the reaction that we got from turkeys with that thing um for a full season we we and we i had access to some really good ground at the time me and a buddy were running around on his grandparents place and his dad's place and had several hundred acres or no not several probably close to a thousand acres worth of uh prime river bottom ground in two different counties and and we could gosh we could turkey hunt a lot and um we were taking that thing around and killing turkeys for a full season man we were watching turkeys with binoculars fly up on the limb and going in in the dark and popping the blind up and putting the decoys out and mm-hmm. letting them fly down to the decoys and shooting them. And it didn't take me long. I had fortunately been exposed to enough of the wood hunting and the calling, and that's what I was really intrigued by to begin with. found myself not doing that nearly as much, and it was taken away from the experience. And I'll never forget the moment that it clicked for me. And I've told this story before, but but same buddy and I had a blind set up. We went in there to kill the turkey one morning before work and um, didn't work out. The turkey didn't come in the power line right away. And we went back in there in the evening and we had been in the blind for maybe 30 minutes and hear him and six or eight hens come out in the power line right away, probably 300 yards away. Mm-hmm. We had that little strutting decoy out there in front of us. And that turkey folded up, left every one of those hens and ran to that decoy. And I shot him out of a blind at about 12 yards at about, you know, 4.30 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that doesn't feel right. Like, enough is enough. Like, that, the game, he just lost his life, and I don't feel like the game was fair. Right. Not that it's ever fair, because they don't know they're being hunted. But, you know, I just, it felt dirty. And mm-hmm. that's just me talking, not not if that's the way somebody else wants to do it. But I started this Pinhoti project because I was afraid that type of content was all that was out there for people to consume. And there was going to be somebody out there that fell straight into that position of just shooting turkeys like that. And they weren't going to be fortunate enough to have that little bit of previous experience that I had to know that there was more to this turkey hunting thing than just that. So um, I was like, there needs to be some content out there to show folks that there's a whole world of interaction that you're going to be missing if that's the only way you choose to hunt these things Absolutely. so that was a, probably a very long drawn out explanation as to um the things that i think are going to be missed and you can't buy 
the uh, the type of skill set you will you will eventually acquire if you just hunt these things with what's between your ears and you know minimal gimmicks and gadgets and, and whatnot so man yeah drawn out that was very descriptive i mean that was a i think with images i feel like and just you know, knowing that i've been in that position before and kind of just reflecting back home and the same kind of just light switch type moment you know i think um depending on the crowd you're talking to will draw one ear or not the other ear but it's safe to say a lot of us and a, a lot of you know turkey hunters today that they've all been in been in both uh both sides i guess you'd say or, or the uh the the lack of yeah. challenge there is is was overrided by by the uh, the feeling of hunting a turkey the the way you're you're talking about and it's, it, yeah it's it's um it's just part of a probably something else worth mentioning is this, I, in my opinion it's all part of a, a maturity process as a turkey hunter there goes and, and this is something that was weighed heavily on me not so long ago mm-hmm. um and probably the reason that I do a lot of the stuff that I do now is the guilt that I felt from the many years of doing stuff similar to what I was just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kill at all costs. Um, I was just kill and catch as much as you can, you know, that kind of mentality. Yep. Um, and I think that's a that that's a stage that we all have to go through and, and it's in a, an unavoidable. I mean, a lot of folks are like all these kids nowadays. Well, they, I, I could just about guarantee they went through it too. Yep. They, they didn't. The thing now is we have a, there's a few more tools available that make the killing process a little simplified. So therefore the, the people basically that, that killing stage is a little bit more efficient now. Um, but I think we all went through it. And the best explanation that I could give to the folks that I was trying to explain that to was we all went through it. It's our responsibility of those people who I, I feel like I have somewhat gotten over the hump, mm-hmm. I hope. Um, not to say that I don't still need to kill some because I, I, I do. I'm not oh, going to yeah. be one of those guys that says I can sit beside a tree and watch turkeys get killed all year without squeezing the trigger myself because mm-hmm. I'd be lying to your face. Yep. Um, I'm there to win. When I when I put my boots on, when I close the door, I'm there to win. Like I only get a certain number of mornings to do this, and and you know that that's why I do it. If it wasn't for that satisfaction, I wouldn't I wouldn't love them as much as I do. And everything that I've done to try to save as many as I, I hopefully will someday do um, would have never came full circle if I wasn't able to hunt them. So right. that being said, I'm not going to sit here and be like some type of you know, oh, I've reached the mountain. I don't have to shoot them anymore mm-hmm. because that would be a bald lie. But that being said, I think we all go through a maturity process. And it's those of us that are on the other side of the hump, responsibility to explain to those folks that are about to reach or in the middle of that killing phase, that kill as much as you can phase, but just try to shorten it. Just try to kind of expedite it. Yep. Let those folks know that like, hey, you've shown that you can kill them. You've shown that if no self-imposed rules apply, then you can go out there and murder them. You're a murderer. You're a killer. You are whatever you want to call yourself. You have accomplished that. Mm-hmm. But now realize that this resource that we are enjoying is fragile. It's much more fragile than I ever realized until, you know, the last handful of years. Mm-hmm. Um, the resource is not 
exponentially infinite. You know what I mean? I mean, it is a, is a fragile resource, and we're just, a, as Holly mentioned, talking about him, as he, as he mentioned, we're just two really bad hatches away from a, a really bad deal, you know. Yeah. So um, helping those folks that are in that kill phase of the maturity process kind of get through it quicker, um, realize that they've accomplished that kill phase, and like, hey, you know, you've done it. Let's yeah. uh, whatever you want to get call to yourself, being a little bit more. You got it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know? and, um, so anyways, I, that's, I remember. Uh, yeah, I know what exactly what you're that. talking about, man. I, I I definitely remember that, and and thinking you're on top of the world there for a season or two, and you know, there, there ain't nothing, you know, can kind of get in your way. You kind of just and and don't nobody want to say the word luck in any of that, but you know, it comes into play a little bit. Um, just those those good years you have and and you figured it out you figured out you know how to how to hunt turkeys you're kind of proving to yourself more than anything and then letting it come outward and and then kind of falling into that trap as you mentioned um when it comes to gimmicks and and stuff like that and 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 I try to put it into words now that you know I've luckily been able to get out of that you know within like you said the past handful of years really um stressing the the notion of I was trying to make turkey hunting easier rather than becoming a better turkey hunter. And I think, you know, that'll, you know, take woodsmanship years off of you the longer you spend trying to make it easier than, than become better at what you're doing. And then also the, you can't even fathom the appreciation of, of, of the one you do kill the real way, the hard way, however you want to call it. Um, the respect you have for that one bird is, is so much more than the ones that are just automatic. you know, I'll, I'll take a, the ones you earn, because you walked 20 miles the day before, didn't hear a goblin, and you just happened to, to strike one up close to where you first uh, first listened off the first ridge and, and wind up killing him off the roost after 15 minutes. Uh, some people call it easy. You throw in the 20-mile the silent walk the night uh, the day before, and, and I think they're all earned when you, when you kind of adapt to that more mature way about it. Um, yeah, you earn all of them. I've always, I've always said that. When, when one – Shape, form, or fashion—you you earn them all. I don't think you're—I don't think you're handed any of them, really. Nope. Um, one way or another, you you plowed your own row if you're lucky enough to, to put your hands on one. So and take them when you can get it. Um, you know, <laughs> and it's um it's one of those things I try I try not to to throw you know my opinion on them too hard, but but like you said, the you did a good job of summing it up is is you helping them out by putting this content out and, and showing them the, the stuff that they could be experiencing and the stuff that they're missing when they kind of don't heed the, the woodsmanship aspect. Yeah. It's really a fine line to toe there. You know, I mean, you oh, don't yeah. want to, you don't want to hurt folks as far as their engagement and their interact. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to push them away from, from enjoying whatever it is they, they enjoy. It's just that I was afraid that, like I said, I had been through the whole, the whole process and I had figured out what to me was the most enjoyable way of doing it. And, um, I just saw some people potentially going through the whole, their whole life without ever having that experience because they were just, uh, they found some, they just happened into some shortcuts or some, uh, whatever you want to call them. And, and that's just the way they thought it was. And they got their turkeys, they killed their limited turkeys every year. So they were, you know, as, as, as good as they needed to be and i just wanted to kind of expose folks to um something that may just be a little better you know what i mean um not saying that it is for them they may try it and say nope i like watching my turkeys 
fly down to the green field and attack my decoy. Yep. I like watching that decoy interaction. Okay, then then that that's what they like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't want them to not be exposed to their back to a tree and nothing between them and the gobbler but air and uh, really, you know, his mind against yours. And it's, uh, it's a special thing, and I didn't want anybody to be deprived of that interaction. Right. Man, I love it. Um, that's uh, kind of get me fired up thinking about, you know, just the, the mornings to come. Um, I did want to throw in one. I, I, sent a, I sent Dave a quick outline on stuff, and I told him we are going to, hopefully we'll make it past one before either of us get down a rabbit hole. Um, but one, one popped in my <laughs> mind here right before we wrap it up. Um, your first Turkey, how, when, did, when did the hook set into you on, you know, this is something that I got a special, you know, uh, a love for. Man. I mean, there's my first one and man, a lot of people say it wasn't usually the first or it wasn't the first one. It mm-hmm. was like the one they called up or whatever, but I don't, I don't really know which one set the hook. Um, I worked so hard for my first turkey. I wanted it so bad, and I was so ignorant to everything turkey hunting that when it happened, like I was a young, I was 14, Mm -hmm. but I did it all on my own, and I was by myself. I mean, it's just, there was so much appreciation for for the success, and in that, day and time the success was the dead turkey mm-hmm. there was no experience there was no making sure everything i mean it was having that dead turkey in my hands that was what i defined as success and make no doubt about it that's what caused that that did that day to be etched in my memory yep. um my um like i said my dad wasn't a turkey hunter worked a lot my mom was um he, he used all his vacation time for deer season so there wasn't a lot of flexibility when it came to springtime and turkey hunting and my mom would uh i aggravated her enough for believe it or not we had some family friends that had permission that had 20 or 40 acres i can't remember it wasn't a ton of ground but it had turkeys on it as a matter of fact it had a lot of turkeys on it and um gosh i pestered those turkeys uh, and my mother would go drop me out before daylight in their driveway and pick me up in the driveway at lunch every, every weekend every saturday and sun, maybe Sundays too. I can't remember, but for sure every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Any free day I had, and it was turkey season, she was kicking me out, um, knowing that I could walk to the friend's house there if I needed something. But, um, man, that's how I killed my first turkey. I aggravated those turkeys for a full season up there as a 13 year old kid. And as 14, I was up there and killed myself a Jake. And I thought, I look back on that now, and I can still vividly remember some of the interactions that I had with turkeys on that little piece of property there. I remember crawling down a fence line, yelping to a gobbler, strutting with a hen up on this little hardwood ridge like mm-hmm. it was yesterday. And that was so many years ago. But I remember it, and then it was those interactions before I even killed a turkey that had me so thirsty to yep. put my hands on one. And when it finally happened, it was like a little 13-pound Jake, and dude, I had... I had won the lottery. You know what I mean? I remember grabbing that turkey and I had never touched one. Yeah. So when I watched people sit back behind turkeys, their tail fans to me looked like I expected it to be like a sheet of plywood. I expected it to be heavy and stiff and firm. And like, I didn't even realize what it was going to feel like. It never dawned on me that it's just feathers. So when I sat behind that turkey and did the pose that I had seen in so many magazines and lifted his tail fan up, I was like, this is so awesome. 
Man. Like, this is just the greatest thing ever. And um, it blew my mom's mind away when she showed up and I had a turkey laying beside me in that driveway. And, God, I, I ruled the world. Um, it was the next year that I actually uh, – we had moved and we lived somewhere. And here again, you were young. I got on a four-wheeler. My parents probably knew whose property that I was on, and it was kind of an understood thing. You, you can hunt off this road. But, man, we just went. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, this field, we were riding dirt bikes and stuff, and we always see turkeys in this field. And I remember going out there on opening day, and turkey was gobbling off the back of that field about 150 yards, and I set up and, and um, yelped that turkey right to the end of that field and shot him, and it was it was – like, you know what? I just became a turkey hunter. Like, I know how to, I know how to do this now. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of had that, that feeling and that mentality. And obviously since then, I've been schooled so many times. You can't, you know, it'd be more than a 120 page book. I can promise you if you started trying to <laughs> detail every time that I've been whooped. But that being said, that was the first time that I had actually had a, had a, that had a turkey come in looking for me, you know? Man. Um, I can't say that it took me any more than that little Jake that I worked so hard for. Though. Heck yeah, that's awesome, and that that just makes me reflect on the, those same feelings and the indescribables and the the stuff that you you're grabbing a, a tail fan for the first time. Um, I mean, you're talking to a guy who still obsesses over the the reflection of you know feathers, the iridescence, and the feet and the snood. I'm, I'm like yep. a little kid with a dead turkey in front of me. I'm inspecting it like you know I ain't never seen one before. Whether it's you know the First or the last one I've killed, it's, it's just, it just blows my mind. Every single one of them, they're all a little different, and just all of them got their little character. And, and just, I mean, it's, it's hard to describe. That's a good, good way of describing just that that feeling when those hooks set deep. Yeah, it's just, and it's a lot of people, especially man, since like I said, I video every flipping thing. Um, so a lot of people, I think, get this um, idea that I may be. That I do stuff for the camera, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and there couldn't be anything further from the. I mean, I can promise you that I have not changed. Okay, that's a lie. I've had to change things to incorporate the cameras and make them available and keep them on and keep batteries charged. I mean, I've had to make those type of changes. But when it comes to the admiration I have for a, a bird, for the bird, for holding him and holding his wings and looking at his wings and looking at his wing pack for some reason I have a fascination with wing patches and mm-hmm. like the tail fan and just like all of that um, and being obsessed with every single one that there's not a, a, a bit of fakeness in any of that and I hope people can can trust that you know what I mean Oh yeah. Um, I would never I would never shoot a turkey I, I just read this big thread um, and I can't remember where it was at, and I can't remember the gentleman's name. But essentially, it was two guys that did some TV show. And people were, I don't know if they were giving them a hard time or whatever the situation was. And it was essentially like, you've got to understand, we've got to produce X amount of episodes, and we've got to have at least two kill shots on each episode. So this is a job for us. Like, you know, and I'm like, mm. if it ever becomes that, if sponsor X ever says, well, you've got to accomplish, you've got to give us 14 kill shots in order to receive this compensation, then then the money's off the table. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in the animal losing its life for that. That, that, that 
is appalling to me. Yeah. So if it ever becomes something more, I mean, I, I try to center all my content around the hunt itself. I want it to be around the journey. The the shot is just an exclamation point. That's you know not even necessary sometimes. Um, but I tried to center the content around the journey it takes to get there, and that way. If there's not a shot, you still got the journey. You're going to get the journey every time because I'm going. Yep. Um, so uh, we can learn, win, lose, or draw. But um, the, the, the skill is just it's just part of the process in order to put the period to the sentence, I guess you could right. say. I know what you mean. And, and I don't doubt any authenticity there, just kind of just hearing you get the, the etched memories you got um, from, from those moments. And, and you can't – can't buy those um you can't you can't put a dollar value on a lot of the stuff you're talking about and that's um encouraging to hear uh, i hope you know i hope the the youtube channel the the everything you got going just takes off like wildfire as it has been um it's just good stuff i think everybody could benefit from and i hope i hope that's what people are paying attention to is the is the intangibles you, you speak of and the and the feelings associated with them and 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 i think everybody can kind of draw their own connection to uh to those types of instances and and um the stuff that goes into it that's not always talked about on on other outlets i guess you'd say yep i hope it's relatable for folks and i hope that they can um and i'm you know i'm always available for for criticism you know i try my best that you have thick skin because i know you're not gonna make everybody happy Mm -hmm. um but at the same time, I hope that it's relatable for more folks than it's not relatable for. Um, and, you know, it's just I hope it, you know, I hope it represents something that they can they can do for themselves. You know, I wanted to hold my whole motto is effort, you know, success through effort, not fortune. Like I don't want turkey hunting is a very special thing. And um, given the platform that I somehow just kind of fell into with the Penhody Project, uh, I found myself kind of really like digging deep and looking into the mirror and, and figuring out if I was really doing what was right for the resource and really doing, you know, and I knew my intentions were the best, but you know, when you forge new ground, you've never done it before. You don't have a teacher. Um, you kind of have to learn as you go. So I really had to look in the mirror and a lot of these, a lot of times and go, okay, what, you know, 10 years from now, is the Penhody project going to have helped? turkeys and the and the heritages and the history and, and all the just rich uh traditions we have here in the southeast of turkey is it going to be known as something that enriched that or is it going to be a, a stain and i wanted to make dang sure that when folks thought about dave owens or the Penhody project or whatever small little impact flicker it may be in in history when it comes to turkey hunting i'm hoping that it was a a positive one that kind of centered around the resource it didn't it wasn't around some figure. It was around the actual, um, you know. It was it was around the prize uh, that really gives us the gives us the uh, the tingles, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. springtime and when we hear the whipper wheels is what we think about. I wanted I wanted it to be centered around that. And yeah, and and you speak of just the, the impact you're leaving. Um, before we wrap it up, I've, I I'm not going. I refuse not to mention a lot of the good stuff you got going on with the using that outlet with using the, whether it be social media or YouTube or, or anything, just to, to say the leg shirt, the, the affiliation you and, uh, 
Backwoods Grind's got a benefit in Turkish for tomorrow and, and other stuff like that. If you wouldn't mind mentioning that to our listeners, just so they can check it out and, and hopefully pitch on in with uh, with those uh, kind of uh, motives. Yeah, it's kind of just a continuation of what I was just mentioning. I wanted to make sure that I could I could sleep well at night, man. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I uh, kind of reverting back to something we mentioned earlier, like just a, a heavy weight on my shoulders for feeling guilty for the way I had conducted myself during that killing phase of of the maturity process. But it really helped when I when I got to dig and then you hear and you hear uh, dialogue and, and stuff and, and conversation from like Fox Hayes, yeah, and him talking about you know for the first half of his life he killed as much and caught as much as he could and you get to realizing that that's a necessary process for everybody but just as to kind of compound on that and doing what i do now considering that i get to i get to hunt as much as i do i get to expose as many people to hunting as, as, as like i do and I, I've, I've provoked more folks i think to spend more time outside and to spend more people like you know go to more places and extend their seasons, whether it be on the front end or the back end. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Um, at the same time, I want to make sure that's putting more pressure on the resource. There's no way around it. I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't. Right. Um, I wanted to make sure that these people that we were motivating, these the additional hours that they spent outside or the additional uh, members of the turkey hunting community that we created, I wanted to make sure that, that they um, – realize that the resource is first and foremost and i wanted to make sure that any little avenue that i could given the platform like i said that i had fallen into if we could kind of get the people that were so excited about taking from the resource and uh, make sure there was a, a proper balance there from those people that were were taken and willing to give back um we can grow lopsided as a hunting community i think um i've I, honestly think that may be a little bit of our issue that we're seeing now that our hunting community um has kind of matured to the point to where maybe the population is a little bit lopsided on takers versus Mm -hmm. givers um because the people of the 70s and the 80s 60s 70s 80s i mean those type turkey hunters um they had to be givers because there wasn't enough of the resource to to sustain itself without them wanting to um make sure that it was plentiful to make sure that they had what they needed and to make sure that they were hunted uh responsibly um so that the resource wasn't over harvested or whatnot and i just want to make sure to use my platform that yeah we're taking these birds off the landscape we're hunting them we love them but you can love them as much as you want to but once he's dead he's dead you can't unfortunately we can't breathe life back into them so um in saying all that the conservation effort and trying to find some um answers through research so how we can possibly conduct ourselves um, whether it be from taking for the re- from the resource or providing the resource with the with the necessities that it needs to be more plentiful whether that be habitat or season structure or however we need to conduct ourselves you know trying to help fund that research and get people motivated about uh, research and trusting the numbers and trusting the data um, getting involved with your agency uh, becoming, you know, getting a getting on a first name basis with with the folks that are making the calls up at your agency, um, and just uh, kind of realizing that this, like I said, that's, that's something that came to my attention some years ago, which was that this resource is fragile. Um, it isn't infinite. Like we've got to be cognizant in what we're doing here, and um, wanting to make sure that you know folks know how important it is for us to hear those gobbles on a spring morning, and without our 
involvement, it could potentially not be a thing, you know. So, absolutely, and that's that's uh, that's how you can kind of tell the the true passion behind it is is making sure that you protect what you love and 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 a, as a resource that is, you know, like you said, you can't breathe life back into them. And the whole objective of what gets us up in the mornings, especially during spring, is is the thought of of grabbing one by the uh, by the feet, you know, on a walkout or and and just the 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 experience you were able to get from them and and appreciate the life that is at the expense for all this adrenaline and and the nourishment and stuff that that you know and it's probably worth mentioning probably worth mentioning too like turkey hunting's become popular over the last couple of yeah. years there's no if ands or buts i'm not going to like sugarcoat it. it's become popular and with that popularity you've had brands like myself like you um there's a handful of other brands out there and i think it's important that if we're going to create a brand centered around turkeys and essentially the killing of them, if you just get down to it, mm-hmm. I mean, um, we got to lead by example. And uh, I think it's important for all of us to do that. All of us to be involved in conservation efforts and, um, you know, make it, make it as cool as killing them. I wish as many people were excited about saving turkeys as they were about making cute memes about how lethal they are and about how, you better not give them the keys to your gate and all that kind of silliness. I wish there was as, as many people passionate about, you know, uh, creating habitat and making sure that your agency is making the right moves and making sure your conservation aid, uh, conservation organizations are looking into the right places and making sure that our um, funding for our turkeys isn't being rerouted to something that the, that the higher-ups would rather see. You know, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. being involved, essentially, and, and these uh, brands like like ours, I mean, if if, if we're going to, you know, if there comes a responsibility. If you want to be known as a turkey hunting brand, then you need to carry yourself and and, and be a, a, a light in the night so that anybody that bumps into you could potentially be the next, you know, could be the next Chamberlain or be the yeah. next. Craig Harper or be the next Will Gould, the, the people that are looking for the answers who, who, who are, you know, looking at habitat diversity and, and what works best and what we need. I mean, you can never tell who is going to come in contact with your brand and potentially be the next big thing. Absolutely. Um, and when I say big thing, I ain't talking about popularity, yeah. and celebrity status, and nothing about turkey calling. I'm talking about somebody who's, who's putting more turkeys on the ground for everybody to enjoy until they'll be here for the long haul. So. The, the, the heroes who we all owe a lot of appreciation to, whether we know it or not, a lot of those folks you mentioned – um, but and speaking with it, um, I know we've been wrapping, wrapping it up for an hour, but I keep thinking of things to add in there. I wanted to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to shine a little light on the, the, the stamp you, you mentioned the other day of Arkansas. Um, just something I, we mentioned on our first podcast of the season that just, just, you know, talking about folks like the, uh, folks like you who are just kind of using their platform for good and, and providing, you know, just information more than anything, not twisting anybody's arm, but, but that stemmed a, a conversation between me and, the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fish, and Parks wound up meeting with uh, with one of the guys uh, just yesterday and, and talking about a lot of stuff they've got going on and, and questions that they had, and and, and he was just kind of the same, just, you know, we're all kind of working for the same thing, and, and he was more delighted to, to hear from, from someone who who can kind of, you know, put a little voice into uh, to some of the stuff that they're thinking about and, and find out, you know, what would work and what, what uh, you know, everyday turkey hunters might uh, – might be willing to participate in and stuff like that and kind of how to go about it. And, you know, that's their job is to make sure that, that 
you know, the money we give them is going to what we want it to go to and, and what it's needed to go to and, and ensuring that, you know, these the stuff we're talking about today is not a uh, – doesn't have to always begin with remember when or back then. You know, we can we can keep making these stories and, and, and producing this content and, and, you know, passing it on down for, for years to come. Yeah, and I just urge people, like, um, conversation, man, I think it's just huge. I, I Here again, I learn as I go. And mm-hmm. um, keeping your ears open, you know, the whole saying, you get two ears, one mouth for a reason. Um, keeping your ears open in conversation is, is, can be so beneficial. Learning, I mean, I learn stuff every day by just trying to just, just listen more. Um, the big splash is what I'm always like, trying to back up and look at what could make a big splash. Um, you know, the Save the Leg shirt. Yep. Um, I've got this little shirt. I'm hoping to raise some money for turkey conservation on the research project, turkeys for tomorrow, which could potentially give us some of those answers that we're looking for so that we can better address the situations that we're, that we're going through here. Um, the funding is one thing, you know, to try to try to just shovel some funds, keep those buckets, you know, full or keep adding the, you know, adding the funds that are necessary to keep those projects alive. Also, just the motivation behind the whole trapping thing. We know, I know mm-hmm. that make a landscape level impact with a with tomb tough traps would be extremely difficult. Um, I, you're not going to take care of the turkey population issues with trapping alone. Um, I think we realize that mm-hmm. we know that. I, I mean, my argument is always the dead coon's not going to eat a eat a turkey egg this spring. I mean, you can say that with certainty, but that being said, we understand the data and the numbers and the, you know, the, uh, the re- just trying to be realistic. The but all that being said, the big, the, the, exactly. But the thing is, those big flash things, like I, I just, like the turkey sound, like yep. what Jeremy's doing over in Arkansas. And you're in Mississippi, right? Right. Is that right? So, I mean, I mean, you got Adam over there who is, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, that's what I, I was with hunter, yesterday. So. Yeah, Sat I mean, he's an avid turkey hunter, so he gets he he gets it. So you guys in Mississippi are really lucky. He's um, a cool we guy. We have Steve in, in Alabama, who is an avid turkey hunter. So we got some good folks, and and these in some of these agencies, you've got really good folks who are turkey hunters. And I think that's important. Um, and so everybody's got their own ideas, and um, you know, I, I think the big flash, like I just saw the. Like I said, the, the save the legs, the traps, I know that's not going to make a landscape-level impact. Is it going to help? I seem to think so. Just good getting back to every – a dead coon's not going to take, take any of the turkey eggs that we want to hatch. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the landscape-level stuff, the big-picture stuff would be like the stamp and creating a fund that we could steamroll into a cost-share program. And the next thing you know, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, everybody's got one of these cost-share programs like Florida has in place. Yep. It's impacting literally millions of acres a year. That's the kind of landscape impact I want to see that I think would eventually help these turkeys. You know what I mean? Heck yeah. And even and, and stuff like that is is exponential. Just um and, and that's it's hard to to put a value on, you know, just information or, or, or content or something, but the fact that it can it can change mindsets is in my mind uh, a huge you know, it, it really is exponential. You know, you change a bunch of people's mindsets towards turkey hunting and, and the realization of the fragile fragileness to the resource that, that we're talking about. And, 
and and a kick into high gear. You know, when you when you blend that with a, a community as passionate as turkey hunters are about what they love and and the the ones that really love turkey hunting really really love it and 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 providing them with with ways to to give back. I think you know you get the right right people making things known. Uh, you got a you got a chance to to really get some some sure enough nitty gritty dudes behind a, some good causes and um and I think you're doing that which is awesome. Man, I hope so. I hope at the end of the day that's what people will remember for. I could care less if people say, "Man, that Dave Owen, he's a turkey killer. Like he's a he, man. He he's hard on them. I could care less. I don't want to be known as man that Dave Owen. He can screw you up one up. He can blow that turkey call. He's got X amount of trophies and." Whatever I could care less. I hope people look at the end of this at the end of this thing, and I hope they say he loved them and he cared about them, and he wanted there to be more there when he left and when he got there. Absolutely. Um, that's what that's what I hope. I mean, so yeah. I mean, look for more conservation stuff. I mean, I'm uh, um, working on a little something. Uh, obviously, I've done like you said, the backwoods grind coffee. Uh, uh, turkey for tomorrow gets the uh, gets. Uh, I think there a portion of theirs and all of my percentage off of that coffee goes straight i mean that's that's been a considerable chunk of change that we've sent toward those uh research projects just through the coffee alone this shirt is is already uh adding up to be uh a, you know a little chunk of change to help with those um uh just working on a little deal with uh with the alabama uh, nwtf uh chapter to do a little something uh similar with them uh a little project um just you know just like I said, just trying to uh, lead by example, and um, I think any in anybody that that wants to be uh, in the turkey hunting space should do the same. You know. Yep. I'm with you, brother. Um, well, I'm out of I'm out of bullet points, Dave. Uh, unless you got anything else you want to throw <laughs> in there. No, man. I think we've brushed over just about about everything. Thank you. I think so, but um. But folks, we definitely appreciate you listening in, and, and I highly encourage you to uh, to subscribe to Dave's YouTube channel if you haven't already, and, and follow him on all the social media accounts. You will not be uh, mad that you did because you're going to learn a lot, and you're going to bring you back to a bunch of stuff, uh, sights and sounds that you recognize quite well, and kind of take your mind to those uh, those places that we live for every spring. Um, Dave, I, I, I mean, I think you're a, a good inspiration for a lot of folks that are in the industry, and, and I hope uh, hope you accomplish all that you're out there for especially the the saving as many turkeys as you kill part because i think you headed in the right direction absolutely well we've got ground to make up my man i will not deny that so uh we're going to continue plugging away and i appreciate the time and it was a pleasure speaking to you absolutely well folks i really hope y'all appreciated our conversation with dave we had it's just uh it's a an honor to talk to somebody as experienced as he is in the woods and, and just somebody that cares for the wild turkey like he does. Um, just one that I think we, we reached out several months ago about some, some potential guests y'all wanted to, to, uh, to hear from this season. Safe to say Dave was probably at the top of that list. So, and, um, and some of the stuff that he mentioned that, you know, I, I, I not heard at the time, um, kind of the reasoning why he, he does hunt the way he hunts and and um somebody that's obsessed with the wild turkey and hunting the wild turkey and saving the wild turkey for, for each generation. That's you know, he's he's talking to talking walking the walk in my book. Doing a good job of it. Yep. Knocking out the park. So 
good to good to have brands like that or you know folks like that in the industry it's, it's nothing but good come out of it seals you want to go ahead and wrap things up yeah we got the open season countdown uh, brought to you by open season properties if you're looking to buy or sell land anywhere in the state of mississippi you can give hunter or i a call we can get you fixed up our contact information we found in the show notes and with that there are 48 days until opening day of turkey season here in mississippi Count them on down. Yep. But I uh, wanted to remind y'all to uh, to come swing by our booth at the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention and Sports Show in Nashville, Tennessee, February 17th through 19th. Uh, we'll be at booth 304. We'll have a podcast booth. We'll have a couple other things going on. And we're going to have some some guests at the uh, at the booth, too. Um, we'll keep that a surprise, I guess you'd say. You'll have to come and see. Yep. But, yeah, guys, we're looking forward to seeing a lot of y'all. we got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, y'all reach out, holler at us, give us some questions, shoot us some some uh, reviews if you get the chance, subscribe, follow, like, share, all that good stuff. We greatly appreciate it. Um, find us on any social at Spring Legion, springlegion.com for anything else. And we will see y'all next week. Thanks again for listening to the Spring Legion Podcast.